listeners, welcome to Junk to Jewels with Georgette Beck. I am your host, Georgette Beck. We have a special guest today, Andrea Stunts, and she's a well-traveled, born and raised Texan who longs for adventure. I love that. Before we begin, if you haven't already done so, would you consider subscribing to my channel and click the little bell so that you don't miss an episode? Coming up on this episode of Junk to Jewels, I will be talking with Andrea Stunts. She's a lovely, talented woman of God that I actually met eight years ago, July 23rd, 2015, at a She Speaks conference, and I know you'll really enjoy it. Welcome to the Junk to Jewels podcast, Andrea Stunts is a Christ follower from the age of seven, a wife of a miraculous 34 years, a grateful mom to three amazing adult children, a genuinely blessed mother-in-law, and a ridiculously proud grandmother to seven. Having lived in Brazil, Asia, and the United Kingdom, along with multiple addresses in the United States, Andrea is a well-traveled Texan who finds joy in her family, grace and friendships, and confounding beauty in the story of fellow thrivers. She seeks purpose in every sunrise, wander in her travels, and banks on the immeasurable hope in Colossians 1.17. She is a counterphobic anagram 6W5, I had to look at my notes to make sure I got that right, an empath and a nurturer. She serves others through compassionate mentorship as a freelance writer and editor. And Andrea is currently residing in Kansas in an almost 100-year-old house, beautifully restored, with uh, the walls and halls of stories. She lives with her husband and two doodles. I love this introduction, Andrea. Welcome, and thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you. I'm so honored to be with you. So can you believe it? Did you know that July 23rd was the anniversary date of that She Speaks conference? I really didn't put that together, but I knew that's where we officially met. We had met before in Cyberworld, as most people, you know, most people do these days. Yes, yes. So on a from a book launch team, and then we um, connected yeah. in person. Yeah, yeah. Such a joy. That's yeah. crazy. Um, for the love, and um, out of all the women I I talked to that day at the conference, we had a special connection. I I kind of felt it then. I was very nervous about going by myself to that conference. And, and also to the book launch team, we showed up at the party in Texas with over 500 women. <laughs> it was really awesome, but I was nervous. So at the conference, um, I love that we connected in that room and we've stayed in touch through the social media and through the groups and things. Um, and I'm really excited to look, say uh, to everyone that Andre, Andrea is working with me uh, in her role as um, the editor and freelance writer in helping us with our Jump to Jewels manuscript. So I'm looking forward to see how that pans out for us. And I appreciate that. So let's just dive in, Andrea. You have a lot to share. So have at it. And I'll interject when something strikes my heart, if that's okay. And we'll just go. Let's have fun. Okay. Sounds good. Well, so I do have my own, as we probably all do, uh, Jump to Jewels story. Um, have several actually. So <laughs> if I go all over the place, don't uh, don't judge. <laughs> all good. I think so, yeah. we all understand. <laughs> yeah. So my 
You know, I am well-traveled. I moved. Um, a, a lot of the part of my story has to do with transition. So most of my life I've been moving. So I, you know, I have kind of in a way, especially in my younger years, not so much anymore because I'm very much more settled in who I am. But I saw in my younger years a pattern of who am I going to be in this new place, you know, like a reinventing of myself in this new place. And um, what I discovered in my older years and my, you know, more mature years is that I'm the same person every time I go somewhere, you know, I don't, at at my core, I am me. And so a lot of my junk digital's story has to do with growing and learning and going back to who I, who I was created to be as Andrea um, and my identity being in what God says it is rather than, than even the, the things that I've done or the things that have been done to me or, you know, things that have happened in my life. So it's like a coming back to myself who, you know, who I've always been. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Um, and 100%. so not trying to reinvent myself, it's, it's being kind to myself mm-hmm. and figuring out who Andrea was created to be and that she, she is, it's, it's okay for her to take up space. It's okay for her to see the value, acknowledge the value, accept the value in her, um, I've had to do a lot of trauma work, um, and so, you know, trauma work with my little girl, you know, my younger self, and uh, then as an, up into an adult. So I've grown up a lot. I've grown up a whole lot. I'm, you know, in my mid-50s at the time of this recording. So uh, I have lived a lot of life and lived in a lot of places. I have lived in a lot of places. I counted up at one point my addresses, but I've forgotten. So um <laughs> forgotten how many zip codes I've had. I jokingly say that home is where my Wi-Fi router is because that's where, wherever I have my Wi-Fi is where home is at the moment. So home right now is uh, near Wichita, Kansas. So anyway, um, so it's, it's interesting that we're recording this in our basement of this home. It's all, it is almost a hundred years old. It's a beautiful home. This is the basement. I love it. Yeah. This is the basement that when a tornado came through um, in the 50s, I believe, a lot of the community took refuge here. So I love being in this in this space. I love being in this basement, knowing that it is a it is a refuge. It is a solid foundation. And, you know, you can see the rock walls. And so (laughs) that brings me security and safety and uh it, it, I don't, um, I don't take that lightly. So like I said, a lot of transition, a lot of moves, uh, a lot of different relationship issues, um, some abuse in my childhood that I didn't really realize until I had some, some, uh, marriage betrayal that, you know, when you start working on something deep, kind of just seems like, you know, okay, well let's pile all yeah. the other stuff on yes. <laughs> and let's, you can deal with this stuff too. So yeah. ended up having to deal with a lot of childhood things and, you know, repressed um, abuse situations. So um, 
I've had, I've, I've done a lot of healing, a lot of, a lot of hard work to, to find myself and to find who got created Andrea to be. And one of the, one of the things that I love to say is that, um, you know, in, in searching for who I am and who my identity is, I was not created to be a wife. I was not created to even be a mom. I was not created to be an editor. I was created to be Andrea. Yes. And so finding who Andrea is, I get to be a wife. I get to be a mom. I get to be an editor. I get to be, you know, a good cook or a baker or, you know, whatever, but that's not who I am. Those are things that I do. Um, things that I get to do. So, but at my core, I am Andrea. So when I realized that it's like, okay, outside of my marriage, outside of childhood issues, outside of parenting, who is Andrea? So that is my junk to Jules story in a nutshell is just coming to terms with who is Andrea? Who did God create Andrea to be? And then how can she be her best true self in all of those other things that she does? So talking myself in, in third person, but anyway, who, who I am and who I'm to be in all of those, in all of those other areas. And isn't God so good with his graciousness? Like in my journey too, the junk to jewels was a, a very slow process. And it was actually through a brokenness time that in despair, <laughs> I was just devastated. And I had came to the end. My, when my first marriage was ending, I had no clue why I was, it was so traumatic. Um, and then you realize as God starts revealing it layer by layer, like an on, a, a onion with skin, he only gives you that he starts at the top of your current situation. And then he starts bringing you truth. And I had no idea about identity. I, I thought I was, I'm married to receive love. That's how I was going to be loved. And if someone was kind or was liked me, I thought that was love. And, but then, yeah, the identity, I didn't even know I loved flowers until I was in the, I call it the rescue journey. I love flowers. I love the beach. Like I had no idea, but this is your story. So we're going to come back to that. But isn't that good that he goes layer by layer and then he reveals another truth when you're ready to handle it. And then he brings you to the support system. So we want to talk about that, like your first major aha and how he brought support to you and help maybe. Yeah. Oh gosh. How he brought support and help to me. Um, I have never, okay. So up until probably about 10 years ago, I didn't really looking back, I didn't know this at the time, but I really didn't know how to be a good friend. I'm kind, I'm a kind person, I'm a friendly person, but I never really, it was not, was it not modeled? It was probably not modeled to me how to be vulnerable, how to go deep, how I I didn't really learn how to feel. I'll just say that I, I wasn't, I felt nothing that my parents did or anybody else did, but how I was bent in my personality, I felt like, um, I was told how to feel. I didn't, I didn't let myself feel. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't learn how to, I didn't learn how to process feelings. And I, and so in that regard, I couldn't really be a friend to anybody because I couldn't really feel anything, you know, um, I couldn't be vulnerable. I couldn't be uh, open 
uh, I didn't really know who I was anyway. So there wasn't anything to be open about. Um, so when I, about 10 years ago, when um, the betrayal in my marriage first came out, I, I'll just share this story because it's one of my most favorite stories, even though it's one of the hardest stories, but um, I went to a church, went to a new church. We were living in Southeast Asia at the time and uh, had a, had a friend who her husband worked for the same company as mine. And we were going to this new church um, and they were sitting in class with us in, uh, in Sunday school. And she was sitting next to me and she passed me a little note and I read it at the end uh, on the way home. I didn't even read it on the way home. I read it when we got home. It was just a, like she tore off a piece of her notebook and wrote a little note on there. And it was, she saw me. It was when it was, so she was, it was probably one of the first times I remember vividly like, wow, I didn't say a word, but she saw me. She knew what was going on and, and her little note revealed that. And so she was the first time I remember. So a big part of my journey is learning properly how to attach and detach, you know, attachment and detachment are both good and bad in different ways. You can attach in a healthy way. You can attach in a very unhealthy way. You can detach in a healthy way. You can detach in a very unhealthy way. But she was probably the first person that I remember thinking, okay, I need her in my life. I don't have anybody else right now because, you know, I didn't have any family there. I have to survive this and I can't do it by myself. And so I went all in, you know, with her and boy, did she prove trustworthy. And it was, it was so helpful for me to find someone that I knew that I could trust, that I could attach my, my heart to and know that they weren't going to hurt me. They weren't going to wound me. They weren't going to judge me. You know, they weren't going to condemn me. There was no shame. It's like, you know, I'm just here for you. I just, I'm going to sit here with you and I'm going to cry with you. And I'm going to, you know, go shopping with you if that's what we need, you know, whatever you need, I'm here, you know, and that's all it was. And so that was my first real vivid type of attachment in that area. But then after that is when I, I mean, I knew that that was important and we learn as, as you go through a lot of therapy and all of that, you learn that you don't heal in isolation. You have to, you have to find trusted community. I found some of that in the wrong places. I, I did some wrong trusting, but I also did a whole lot of right trusting. And um, yeah, so finding community, being in a group, in, in our world, it's yeah. especially in my transient world, I had to find ways to do that that wasn't necessarily in person because I, you know, I couldn't find counseling in right. Singapore at the time. I, there was no, you know, there was nothing there for me. So I had to do a lot of things online, but that's been a gift just like now, you know, doing yeah. this podcast and doing yes. all of this virtually. It's such a gift. And one of the reasons that I will always sing praises of social media and it has its bad points, but it has been, <laughs> it has been a connector for me that I have, that has probably been a lifeline um, for me over my healing years. So 
Yeah, finding community, not isolating is one of the things that is so critical in in coming from the junk to jewel, you know, story, because we just, we just can't do this alone. No, we cannot. We cannot. For, for me, he, he, um, he surrounded me with good spirit filled Christians and people, uh, church family and neighborhood was another thing he surrounded me with before things went really worse, <laughs> um, yeah. from bad doors. And then, yeah, he brought in a counselor. Um, someone was providing free counseling because I didn't have good finances at the time. So that was my first um, counselor. Well, not my first. I did try it many years ago, but it was brought back again. And then from there, um, even the step groups, step studies, Al-Anon, yeah, yeah, Al-Anon Anonymous, uh, it ran in my family. And, you know, I learned things passed down through the generations. I I learned later in life when I was obtaining my master's degree, I heard of, I learned of a thing called a genogram. It's like your family tree, but they really focus on the emotional connections. And I learned things get passed down like divorce, disconnections, mental health issues, all kinds of stuff. So that was eye opening. but um, yeah, I'm so for sure. I did. brave enough to, it takes courage to reach out to someone hurt. to ask, but yeah, you and I learned- yeah, that we, you're going to sink, like the sinking will happen a lot faster. And if you don't reach out, if you just don't ask right. for help. Right. And that's, that is one of my main motivators for why I even edit and why I mentor, because I don't want anyone else to feel alone. I felt alone for a while, um, especially before my friend reached out to me. And so, um, yeah, it it just like I said, you can you can reach out to some people that are not healthy for you, mm-hmm. but you learn. You know, we do something, and that's what give yourself grace. You do some things yeah. that are wrong, and then you say, "Oh well, that didn't work." So now, what yes. if, I'm going to try something else. So, um, my doorbell just went off. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear that or not, but edit maybe. Um, no. Yeah, but it, it's um, yeah, finding the finding the people to walk alongside. And that is, I just, I just don't want anyone to walk alone. That is, that would be, if, if I found out that I could have done something to, to make someone feel less lonely um, and that I didn't, that's a big motivator for me. And that's also honestly part of my Enneagram. Um, we, we don't have time to talk about Enneagram, but that is part of my, how I'm created to be. Um, and I'm very much a with person i like the word with and you can see it right there it's my favorite word is with so i like that so 34 years that's a that's a god bless you guys congratulations because that is a hard uh feat for for a lot of us i was not i had wanted to be one of those that had stayed married forever and with my mate um, I'm very like old fashioned like that and very romantic, but you know what? God is the God of second chances. And my husband exactly and I just celebrated right. 19 years, our second chance. How, so describe some of the things you learned along the way. Do you think generational repeat occurred in your, your selection of your mate? I know it did for me in my first one, identical wow. to, to That's- Polish, to the, the one sister. It was almost funny that it was identical and dysfunction yeah. and all that, the emotional disconnection, unavailability, like that's what passed down. And I didn't know any better, but 
Um, so yeah, share some of the ups and downs and, and you guys are, uh, how did it, how'd you work through the healing and yeah. How are things? Yeah. So actually right now in in this day, and we take things one day at a time, um, Mm -hmm. today is good. Today is a good day. So yeah. And it's been mostly good, um, for, for this season. So I'm thankful for that. Uh, and I'll tell you mostly it's because we've grown up. So we've actually, uh, we got married at 21, uh, 21 years old. We were both 21 and had no clue. Like we had no clue. (laughs) And so I go back to, and that's fine. You know, we definitely grew up together and I don't mind that we have grown up together or, you know, at different paces, but we've grown up and, you know, alongside each other. Um, but uh, my husband asked me one time after, after betrayal came out, he said, aren't you mad at God for making you marry me? And I said, no, I said, God didn't make me marry you. I chose to marry you. And I wanted to marry you. I, I don't regret that decision. You know, I don't like where things have come to, but I don't regret marrying you. And I never have. So, um, 34 years has been lots of ups and downs. Um, we have almost been divorced a couple of times. So I actually do say we're on our third marriage, um, to each other. (laughs) So, um, because we are such different people this time around than we have been in the past. He has done some, a lot of healing. I have done a lot of healing and we have come into who we know ourselves to be as adults. And, that is much better than being married as our wounded child or as our adaptive teenager. You know, we have, we have done a lot of work to become the adults that we should have been in the first place, but we didn't have the tools, you know, in the eighties, we didn't talk about our childhood trauma and we didn't talk about stuff like that. We went through, you know, some brief marriage counseling, which was, you know, very spiritual and, you know, the things that all of, you know, you can think of all the things that, you know, never say no. And, you know, don't cause your, you know, if if you tell him no, he's going to look outside the marriage, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, those are just not helpful things really, because it's not true. If, if one chooses to go outside the marriage, that's their choice. It's nothing that the spouse did or didn't do has nothing to do with what they did or didn't do. So, and uh, yeah, but staying married 34 years, so many people have asked how we did it. And I really don't know. I have asked God multiple times if I could leave, can I leave now, God, you know, and that sounds terrible. Nope, and I know, I you know but, but, understand. but God says it's not time, you know, in his grace, he said, it's not time. And so we're still together. I'm happy to still be together. I'm glad mm-hmm. uh, we have worked through a lot. We, you know, it's anybody's game. And, and the thing is, it's God's story. It's not mine. So whatever God wants this story to be is what I want it to be. And if he gives us till 35, then great. And, you know, we'll see, but we, we had, I used to, we used to be under the, me and my husband, we used to be under the, um, the phrasing of there's no way out, like divorce is not an option, but I actually think that's a very scary place to be because you don't want to throw out the divorce word randomly because that's not healthy at all. I made that mistake. It has to be, you have to know it's an option. You have to know that 
that this could break, you know, this, this could mess up and there needs to be just like a healthy fear of jumping in the water, you know, and not being able to swim. You need to have a healthy fear that it could get messed up, not in an obsessive way, you know, where you don't want anything bad to happen, but yeah, it just has to be, um, there is a way out if someone chooses a way out is what I'm trying to say. And so now we operate under the, you know, let's enjoy today. Let's love each other as well as we can and see what tomorrow brings. Thank you, Andrea. So um, one of the things that hit me in that, uh, that your just recent conversation was the attachment. I know I learned recently that attachment theory is a real thing. Um, when I was a little girl, my mom would drop me off at preschool and I was one of those children that never stopped crying. So eventually she had to come get me and preschool did not work out so well for me. And that was due to uh, attachment. And my, that was something I learned passed down through the generations. I did not feel safe. There was no bonding, like the bonding was not there quite so much. So whenever she was gone, I would feel very afraid. Uh, later, there was um, an incident, incident that occurred that I was left, but not really, not in a bad way, but uh, my mom had, we went on a long trip somewhere overseas and I was left with the grandparents, but it was like for over 10 days. I had no idea as a six and a half year old and it, it, it went deep. Like it was that feeling of being left <laughs> and, but anyhow, yeah, let's, uh, let's touch on that for, uh, for a moment. Yeah. So attachment, I, I'm not a therapist, so I won't, you know, go into it. Someone who is very good at attachment is um, Adam Young. He's a therapist in Cal in Colorado. Uh, he's great on attachment theory. Um, if you want any resources for that, but Excellent. Um, he's a, he's great. He study, he's a fellow of Dan Allender center, which is also a fantastic um, Christian therapy center. So, um, but attachment. So yeah, you do when, when we're born, we're, so I've heard this, in trauma circles, I've heard this um, explained, like when we're in the womb, you're, I'm safe, I'm comfortable, I'm not hungry, you know, I'm, I'm full, I'm full, you know, you're not, when you're in the womb, you're, you're not hungry, you're not in danger, you know, there is some, if you go to the other realm of trauma, there are some traumas that happen in utero, but aside from that, a normal pregnancy, you know, with a normal healthy situation would be, yes. you know, but then you're born and you're automatically, yes. I'm not safe. I'm hungry, you know, <laughs> I'm, you know, and so there's that automatic need for some attachment. And so they skin to skin the baby on mm -hmm. the, the mother or even the father, if the mother's not available, you know, if she's out of it or whatever, but that is attachment. That's the perfect picture of attachment when we're like, you know, I'm not safe. I'm not safe. I'm, I need comfort. I'm not, you know, and so then it's that skin to skin. So mm -hmm. that for me was a huge motivator for, I needed that. Like I, I maybe even more so than some people yeah. because of my personality. Uh, I do have abandonment issues, but that is not because anyone really abandoned me. It's because I felt that way. So yeah. there's a lot of people that, you know, try to like, you know, my parents did this and my parents did that. Well, I think my parents were great. Yeah. But they didn't know everything and they couldn't parent four kids, you know, four emotional daughters at the same time, individually 
in every capacity. Right. You know? yeah. And so there's, there's grace for that. I needed grace in parenting. Holy moly. You know, I needed <laughs> some grace as, as I parented my three. Um, so attachment though is, 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 is that need for comfort and safety. And I looked, uh, I wanted that and I didn't have that. I didn't know who, who would give me that, um, what I needed. And so then even moving to Brazil, Mm-hmm. I just felt like my parents, you know, this is my interpretation. Of course, we're moving to Brazil. Let's go. I was seven years old. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't know what Brazil was. I didn't know what a 20 something hour plane ride was going to be like. You know, I didn't know any of that stuff. Uh, what language did they speak in in Brazil? You know, like we didn't, I didn't have that. And and really what I needed was some emotional comfort of my parents saying, we don't know what we're getting into, but we're going to do it together. We're going to be okay. That's probably all I needed. You know, yes. we're going to be together. We're going to take care of you. You're going to be safe. That's what I needed. But, you know, I, I, I for some reason, didn't receive that yeah. if they offered or whatever. But that's kind of my attachment story is that I needed that comfort and safety. So I couldn't find that anywhere. So in my healing journey over the last specifically five or six years through some 12 step uh, celebrate recovery, 12 step, um, a program okay. called uh, regeneration, which is amazing 12 um, step program. I needed to find that with Jesus. I needed Jesus to be who I attached to. I needed the skin on skin with Jesus. And so that's when it's, that's when it started clicking for me. That's for me too. Isn't that the moment where we felt so loved? Yeah. Conditionally without criticism, fear of loss, fear of abandonment, it that changed everything. Oh, everything. That relationship. Jesus, Jesus is everything. Like God is everything I need. The rest of it, bonus, you know, and I've even told, I've even told my husband, like we're married, so I'm supposed to be able to trust you, but I really don't need to trust you. I trust God and he's going to take care of me. He's going to provide for me. Is it right for me to trust you? Yes. Should I expect to trust you? Absolutely. Yes. But in my core, I'm okay with it just being, you know, God is, God is everything yeah. I need. How did you start traveling? I love that you have that as part of your past and that you're an adventurous uh, person. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I blame that on my parents. <laughs> I, I think they're, I think they're okay with that too. Cause they, you know, when we moved when we were seven, when I was seven and my parents moved to Brazil in the seventies, mid seventies with four daughters, four blonde headed, fair skinned daughters. And we moved to Brazil. And I just think that's crazy. You know, that is crazy. I love it. So I was, that is not a normal upbringing. Like uh-uh. that's when I say normal, like most of us grew up in a little community, um, a dead, like I grew up in a dead end uh, where all the kids yeah. hung yeah. out and played and, yeah. and you know, nope. got and a job, that. mom was homemaker Right. Yeah. So I just think they were crazy, but they were, mom and dad are very, my mom and dad, even still, okay, this is such a cool thing. And I'm just so proud of her, but she's about to turn 83 in just a couple of weeks. She just renewed her passport. Like, who you know, who gets a new passport at 83? I just think that's my, 
that's where I get it from. And they were very adventurous. We went all over the place in Brazil. We took a one month road trip through the boonies of Brazil to what get an to opportunity. coffee plantations, amethyst mines, emerald mines, all the things. And so, yeah, they were just very adventurous. And I wanted that for my kids someday when we got married, had kids. It took me a long time to get there, but then we ended up moving my family to Singapore. Um, and then, you know, my husband just said, we both said, you know, we may leave this post and we weren't military. He's engineering. So um, kind of had it kind of had it good. And my dad wasn't military either. It was all in the company. So it was nice in that we were yes. provided well, you know, yes. or very well um, oh my on business. But yeah, we just we said we may go home broke, but we're not leaving with regrets. We're going to see as much of this crazy, beautiful world that God created as we possibly can. And that is my motivation for travel is seeing as much of God's beauty that I possibly can. It's just wonder. It's just, you know, it's just wonder filled beauty and seeing the people that he's created so differently and unique. And anyway, that's my motivation we, for travel. We share that in common. I, I, it's funny. I have such a desire to travel and, and do adventures and I do it primarily vicariously through many writers and authors, but this second marriage, second chance, I have such an awesome partner. He is my travel buddy. He's my adventure buddy. So when I told him, oh, I'm going to be on a book launch team, there was like 500 women, and we were invited to a party in Texas. Can we go? Sure. <laughs> and then we followed other authors, too. Like, they had this opportunity to go meet them. We went traveling to Miami for a, a, a meetup with Lewis House, which is awesome. I hope to meet, see him again. He's done very well for himself. He's one of the ones I follow for inspiration. But I love the people yeah. who share their stories in life because don't you learn, like, don't you feel we learn so much from our stories? We and do. And it helps yeah, us I and remember, guides us. Yeah. yeah. I remember one time, um, I, I am, I am okay being still now. I used to not be, but I love change and I love to go places. I love to see things. I love to have experiences. Um, I thrive on that. Um, do you struggle with to, fear at all? Cause I know I, I was oh, saying, yeah. I love adventure, but I'm afraid, but I do it anyways, because I, I want to live life to the fullest. Like that's And that is where it, created if you us know to anything, do. Exactly. If you know anything about Enneagram, the counterphobic Enneagram six is, so the Enneagram six is basically a, 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 a fear-based uh, personality type. And so I see through the lens of fear. So, mm-hmm. I'm always going to be prepared. I'm always going to be, you know, I will know all the worst case scenarios. You give me a situation (laughs) and I'm going to plan it out with, I'm going to be prepared. But the other part of that is the counterphobic. And that means I push through fear. Like I am going, I'm going to see a fear and I'm going to fight through it and I'm going to do the thing. So there are risks that I don't take, but there are some risks that I'm like, okay, I could see the end of that being worth it. I'm going to fight through the fear and and work through it because I know it's going to be worth it. So that's where I fight through my fear. So where did, yeah. I love that. Where Andrea, where did you connect with Jesus? What was your story of faith? How did you come to faith? I, like for me, I grew up as a little Catholic girl. I made communion, confession. We did communion. And then we uh, switched over to faith-based uh, churches with Bible, you know, Bible-based um, Christians and just grew from there. Where was your journey? Where'd my you salvation, start? my salvation story. So I grew up 
early in you know the early years in a mm-hmm. small little town um, in Texas, and we went to the small little Southern Baptist church. You know, the quintessential Southern Baptist, holy rolling, you know, fire and brimstone preaching church, and that's how I you know spent my first six or seven years, six years, and then we moved to Brazil. So my mom had taken us to. Um, my dad didn't go. It was a Christian concert that was, they were Americans. They were called the heritage singers. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, but um, I don't know where they are today or if they're even still together or together, but it was like a choir, a traveling choir. From were America. they from Oral Roberts university by chance? Cause that was my first touch with that. And I said, mm-hmm. I want to be one of them. I don't I know. I don't know who and they, they traveled were. as a choir and just saying, yeah, yeah, maybe, but uh, we went to that concert and actually it's funny that you say it's ironic that you talked about fear because it was fear that led me to Jesus because what happened was we were going into the concert, but it was so crowded before we got in, we were being crushed. And my mom had all four of us girls by herself with maybe a couple of neighbors and we were just latched on and I'm seven. I was tiny. And um, just we were all being just packed and crushed as we were trying to get through the door. And mom thought we were all going to get just trampled on. Mm-hmm. Um, but we made it through. And I remember that being a very scary. I was I remember, you know, the the grip that she had on my arm, you know, um, before we got in there. And um, and actually, that's a very comforting memory, which uh, which is interesting. But because uh, she was keeping me safe. Right. So, yes. uh, yeah. So we got in there. I remember the music. And it, it, Jesus, I don't remember anything in there. I just remember seeing the choir and all of their matching, you know, outfits, you know, they all yeah. match, which I thought was just beautiful in my you know, little OCD way. But I just remember that music and I remember Jesus. And I told mom, I was like, I, I met Jesus. I, I, he's in my heart. So that's where my faith, my, my walk with Jesus started. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, I talked to I talked to God since I was a little girl, and then uh, we became when my parents went through a divorce and lots of separations before the divorce and a divorce, and then uh, we came back to Jesus through the church, a little Bethel assembly, a little tiny little church in Connecticut, and I went to the altar. I answered the call. They always had the altar calls. You know, anyone mm-hmm. want to accept Jesus into your heart? And it sounds a little strange when you hear them ask, you know, say you have to invite him into your heart. And that just means you receive it. Yes, Jesus, I believe your Lord, my Lord and Savior. So I went up to the altar. That was, that was one way to know God. But then, you know, when we mess up, and I was, I'm a firstborn, so I, I always try to follow the rules. I'm a justice girl. I, I'm overachiever, planner. Uh, so when I'm, you know, when things broke and I felt like I really messed it up and it wasn't just me, it, relationships are two, two ways, two sides, uh, each hundred percent plus. Um, I felt like he, God's leaving me too. Like, but he's the only one he's, well, not the only one, but the major one that showed up behind the scenes. I cried out from, from the floor of a closet and he showed up Andrea and, and such details. But then that's when I learned we can talk to God and he actually listens. He responds, mm-hmm. maybe not in the way we think or hope at yeah. times, but better than we ever can imagine. And someone was orchestrating these details to surround my daughter and I before my marriage uh, truly was ending. Um, yeah, it was a scary time, uh, but that story is for another. So you, God became that for you and yeah. guided you. Yeah. Now, how 
now in the marriage betrayal is a hard thing because like we're you know we trust each other like trust is supposed to be there you know when we go carry we're running a business of a family of a home of our our jobs and we're each other's best friends talk that's like talk about some of the heart ache and and how god maybe your first memories of how god showed up when you know maybe that first hit that first betrayal hit you know the you just want to sometimes just like not wake up from yeah. certain pains so how how did, how did you how did god reach you then or respond mm. so the 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 more i will say i'll talk about this one the morning that and you read this actually in my bio but the morning of the 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 first experience with discovery um i opened up facebook and the first thing that i saw was a friend who had her as her status he is before all things in him all things hold together colossians 117 so that was the very first thing I saw after the big blow. And so that's why I say confounding hope in Colossians 1, 8, 117 in my bio, because he is before all things. Yes. He, he was not surprised by this. God knew what was going on. Yes. And I can be angry about that. And there was some anger in that. Like, why didn't you stop it? You know, yeah. but um but he knew it. It was not a surprise to him. And he was in there, in there, in it with me and in him, all things hold together. So, I mean, what a beautiful way for God to show up for me when I'm in Southeast Asia, I have no one it's I'm on the flip side of the day from even all my people in the States, you know, I couldn't call anybody. I didn't have anybody, um, even over overseas because of the time difference. So, but I, I pull up Facebook and that is the first thing in, in my news feed is he is before all things and all things in all in him, all things hold together. So things like that, he did all the time. There was one time when I um, was, was feeling particularly low. We had moved back to Texas um, and this showed up at my doorstep picture frame he is before all things all things hold together (laughs) all things hold together and my daughter-in-law had had drawn that for me and put it in the mail and it came at just the right time you know so it's it's things like that that god just it's like i'm here i'm here with you you're not alone and what a did just countless, countless, countless things like that. One, one time I posted a blog, a blog post about, you know, how we need each other. And within a few hours, my sister showed up at my front door with a suitcase and she stayed for a week, you know? And so just things like that, that God just, he provided for me. He knew what I needed before I even knew I needed it. So. I, I just am so astounded. That is amazing. Yeah. yeah um, so, now, so many stories. And. It's a gift. This is a special gift. And because even in like some marriages, like um, my ex, my, my current husband's actually, and um, you know, some people can heal. Some marriages can heal. Um, some, some folks say, Nope, that's not going to happen. I would never move past it for my own mom and dad. Um, they, at first they, it broke and then they said no. And then 
they just never left each other <laughs> um, weekends. We'd wake up and see my mom. So they, you know, and God brought this family back together. Some don't have that. Some, yeah. it just doesn't. Well, and, it, right. And it, it, it just, and that's where I have compassion on all of it because you can't say, you know, I've had so many people saying, you know, you should leave his, leave his butt, you know, you, you why are you still there? You know? And I'm like, it's, I just want to do what God wants me to do. But that's, that's not in a, it's not in a, it's in an obedient way. It's not in a, I'm less than, you know, I'm not, it's, it's in love. I'm not minimizing, you know, my situation no. by staying, by staying in the marriage. It's just what's right for me, but for other people, you know, I have two, two influential people in my life and one of their marriages ended and the other one, they stayed together and it, yes. it you know, it just, <laughs> It's sin is sin. Like even, you know, my family dynamics that we come from alcoholics or, you know, addictions uh, that could be behavior, what have you. It's a choice. First off, if you want to heal and forgive and move on and we're all needing like in a marriage, each of us have dynamics cause and effect constantly. And, and we each have to own up to our part and take responsibility. And there is help. There is forgiveness. And there is grace. I mean, we get grace every day from from God in just amazing ways, like how he shows up for you and sending the notes and people at your door. And that's what my story is, too, like all this divine <laughs> happenings. And I learned about divine appointments and serendipity and synchronicity all like at once. It's every journey is different. And that's why we yeah. have to be kind to ourselves. But it does take work. It does take yeah, the two parts to say we're going to fight. And we're going to get through this. Like they have to, you have to commit to yourself and to each other and for the family. Like there's, there's, there's also, there's also some background issues, personality issues or not issues, but situations where, you know, some people can, absolutely. I'm not saying I'm better than anybody because my, I've stayed in my marriage. I am so not, you know, but absolutely. whatever's in me and whatever is in him has mm -hmm. allowed us to, to, keep trying, you know, and that's all it is, is just keep trying, plugging away. Amen. Um, but for other people, it's, it's unhealthy for them, you know, to stay together. And so God provides a way out in that, in that scenario. So, Absolutely. you know, to, yeah, to clarify, I don't think I, I know that I did not have any part in, you know, I, I don't have any part of ownership in, in someone else's sin. That's their choice. I do have to own my own sin and heal my own wounds or, you know, allow God to heal my own wounds. He's the healer. So, yes. um, but, uh, yeah. So if you can do that and still stay together, mm -hmm. which I've been able to, we've separated a, a couple of times we've been separated. So it's not like we've just, you know, it's been peachy. Some of the things that helped were you said you reached out for counseling. You went into support groups and celebrate yep. recovery. I was in that one too. I yep. think I've attended all the groups and read yep. all the books, um, but they really are effective. There's something so powerful about each person coming as they are and strangers just accepting each other and showing support and love for the, each other's growth. And you, you, um, you mentioned you help out with an uh, organization. Do you want to mention them? And talk no, about I would them? love to. Yeah. So within a couple of weeks after the 
the betrayal came out, um, I discovered this group called uh, Wives Care, and it's specifically for wives who have been betrayed. And so that was in May of 2018 um, that I that I became a part of this six week group, and it was an online group, very good, you know, very small community in the six weeks. And so anyway, it's called Wives Care. Um, it's under the umbrella of BeBroken.com. They do a lot of uh, a lot of programs and podcast uh, stuff for men, women, and families for the, yes, for men. This happens for men as well. Um, right. My husband, for, that's for how his men. first marriage ended. Right. You know, it was betrayal. Right. And, and for him, he knew he couldn't go back. Right. So, that so it's, yeah, it's for, for men, women, and families. So it's a great organization, bebroken.com. But mm-hmm. if you go, if someone has been, has just found out, or they're still, still in the early stages uh, at any point, really, of, of healing or grieving from this loss and betrayal is a different kind of loss. It is very much yeah. like a loss of your whole self, your whole yes. everything, because everything has yes. blown up what what even is real right foundations foundations completely shattered so wives care and so that next june after i finished is when i started volunteering so i've been volunteering with the ministry with you know webinars and um gatherings and writing and editing since since then so it's a fabulous fabulous ministry uh, it turns out that the leader of the wives care ministry is Brazilian, which I just thought, oh, that's so funny. Oh, that's so neat. That know, is that, neat. So, so I get to, I get to spend time with a, with a, a piece of my past every time we get together. So, and she's just an amazing woman. And so it's very much a ministry of women who in, are in leadership, who have, who have walked the road too. you know, we've all been there. So it's just a great place, very kind, very Christ centric and healing for the wife. So whether the marriage lasts or not, it's, it's healing for the wife. So wivescare.com or wivescare. I don't know if it's.com or not, but it'd be broken. Be broken.com. So some of the jewels that have come, that have come through the junk, what would you say to someone uh, that was, you know, going through Yeah. Maybe they learned about a betrayal. Maybe they learned, you know, they have, there's some identity issues um, or, you know, insecurity as was my case, you know, or abandonment, emotional things, or they just, they're really hurting and they're not sure why, uh, the emotions are high and they're not sure why, what are some of the things that you can say, uh, as we wrap up? Yeah. A couple of, of things that were monumental for me in my healing was finding trusted people to walk alongside. That is huge. And, mm-hmm. and mentioning, mentioning the 12 steps or any kind of group. And if it doesn't work for you, Try something else. It's okay. Right. If you find a therapist that you don't like, fine. Try something else. You know, try Trust somewhere. your instinct. Yes. Trust your heart but, but I think I think that you know, I think trying is 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 so good. You know, just try. Just keep trying. Don't give up. Um, and then, you know, self-care is pivotal. <laughs> It's, it's, we have to take care of ourselves. We cannot. Just a cup of tea. (laughs) Yeah. We cannot keep taking care of, you know, all of the plates that we need to, to do in our lives with our kids, our families, with our jobs, whatever it is, um, and deal with, you know, severe pain at the same time. We have to take care of ourselves and, and consider what margin you can create to make space for that. Mm -hmm. Um, 
yeah and then boundaries you know lots of lots of information out there these days on boundaries they're so critical um knowing your self-worth you know yeah. believing, believing that you are worthy uh because you just are not because you're a wife or not because you're a mom or not because you're a great employee you know you let's, are let's go back to the core of what you said are. your yeah. identity yeah. You are Andrea. I'm, I am Georgette. And we were each created in the womb. Right. And there was a master creator and it's right. very personal. Yeah. He fashions us individually. We are called by name. We yeah. do matter. You, we do matter. We are very matter. valuable. And, and that was a huge part of my growth journey was, was realizing that I was worthy, not in a selfish, self-centered way. I'm just, I'm just, I'm worthy. I'm, I'm, I'm good. You know, uh, another thing I would throw out there is to pay attention to the milestones. I know that you talk about that a lot too, is, you know, yeah. I remember little mile markers along the way of when I first told a friend, she asked me, how are you? And I said, I'm good. And I want, what did I just say? You know, so things like that. I remember the first time I laughed loud, you know, after cry, after so many tears, you know, I remember just you know, laughing out loud without even thinking about it. Um, I remember when I could sing again. I remember when I could um, not cry when a romance, when a love song came on, you know, I remember. So there's mile markers along the way that are so great to pay attention to mm -hmm. as we heal and acknowledge and be grateful for and celebrate. Celebrate. Yes. I love celebrations. Yeah. So it's funny. Here we are doing a podcast and I learned I'm a communicator. <laughs> when I was young, I was so quiet and shy. I never talked. My mom had a doctor that said, stop reading her language, make her ask for things. And my mom, who is an introvert and very shy herself, when I was invited to a friend's house, she kicked me out. She made me go. Anyways, we're going to wrap up. This has been awesome. Andrea, let, let, let our listeners if you're listening today, you matter, you're valuable, you're beautiful, you have gifts, discover them, take time to know who you are and reach out for a community. We all need each other. We all need each other. Not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. And, and Andrea has a website, andreastunts.com. They'll be in the notes on, on the website and you can follow her on Instagram and Facebook. And if you need a writer, editor, she is available uh, and I'm excited to be working with her. Uh, Be thank blessed. You, thank you. Thank, thank you. you.